G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League for the final pre-season podcast before we get into the real stuff. How are you feeling, Case? Good, I can smell footy in the air. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We're in the... Uh, so close. Yeah, a couple of sleeps away from uh, when they were recording this and when the podcast comes out, there'll only be one more sleep. So uh, yeah, we're not far away from footy it's, at all. It's like Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, yeah, Eve of the Christmas Eve. Yes. Footy Eve Eve. Fuck. That made no sense. And we're not even drunk. This is a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. We're sober as judges. Anyway, Hef, footy's almost here. And uh, we thought we'd kind of put together a bit of a segment on who we're looking forward to seeing in round one. So, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of players over the last few months. But, uh, yeah, let's kind of get stuck into a couple of the players that we really just want to see and see out there playing footy on the weekend. Who do you like from the Carlton and Richmond game? Uh, well, the one for me I cannot wait to see is Sam Walsh. Um, basically, I'm just super excited to see what this kid can do. Um, he's looked like an absolute baller in the JLT series. Uh, mm-hmm. The kid can play. But, uh, you know, JLT can be a little bit misleading. So, I just want to see what he can do on the real stuff. So, he's a big one for me. And I'm interested to see what he can average this season because uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to play 22 games this year. Yep. Um, it's not often that, I guess, midfielders come in and they're kind of almost guaranteed 22 games. So, I don't know. I think you could actually average something reasonable. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a spell, you know, a couple of times yeah, throughout yeah. the year. There's no point, you know, cooking him yep. uh, just to get those full games in him. But uh, looking at the odds, uh, he's $3 for the rising star this year. And that just seems genuine value for a kid who just is streets of above anyone else. Yeah, especially with like a lot of the, um, I guess, with what we've seen in JLT, the midfielders seem to have a lot of time mm. as well. So, we might actually see the rise of like, again, of a few rookies that actually score well in their first season. And yep. we haven't really had too many of them uh, in the past few years. Yeah, so. it'd be interesting to see what he does because, you know, as you said, there's not always a lot of guys who actually, you know, can average 75, 80 in their first year. You have to be pretty special. So, yeah. If anyone can do it, though, it might be him. Yeah. All right, Kays, who are you excited for? Uh, from the Blues, I'm actually excited to see Daisy Thomas. So, he finished off uh, his season last year and was probably one of the best defenders in fantasy towards the end of it. He um, knocked out a 65 and an 81 in the JLT. And I'm actually just very interested to see if he can continue this because there's a few guys who have tra- brought him in really late as a, a speculative pick this year. And if he can deliver something similar to what he did last year, he could be a real game winner for a few in defence. And I'm actually wondering, just after Newman had a hot week and a cold week in the JLT, is he their actual halfback flanker or are they just going to put Daisy back in when it comes to full season? You know, we see bits and pieces in the JLT where people get excited or disappointed, but yeah. it might just be rinse and repeat for Daisy this year and I'm excited to see what he can bring. Yeah, if you look at the last week of the JLT, uh, Newman wasn't uh, super impressive. So, I don't know. We've, um, I guess with Doherty's obviously didn't play last year and so we can't really say that would have had an effect on his scoring or anything like that because he's not playing this year. But uh, yeah, so we can't really, we, we're not really going to know what Newman, the effect Newman has on Daisy but you know you see people like Cade Simpson who have no problem scoring week in week out with yeah. you know blokes around um, I think he's going to be the same um, you know I wouldn't be surprised if he does regress or he does cop an injury that does keep him out for a little bit or something like that so he might not be reliable from that aspect but uh, yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what he does this year hmm. who like who, sorry who do you like the look of from the Tykes uh, I can't wait to see Jack Higgins um, so I don't know I'm not sure if you're listening to uh, the the um, the Traders podcast this week, but uh, Selby was saying, because contrary to what you've been saying all uh, preseason, that he believes and his analysis says that second year breakout is more likely than a third year breakout. I'm happy to fight him <laughs> on that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if we look at second year players, then that puts Jack Higgins in the mold for me. Yeah. I, uh, I love um, for he- I love- I'd love him to come out and, uh, I guess, smash round one, you know, score us a big ton, just get us something to really get excited because we know, you know, the raps about him in uh, the under 18 um, fantasy scoring. And I'm still a little bit sceptical to see if he can produce that at an AFL level. But um, I'm hoping we see more midfield time and more hashtag snags case. Yeah, well, he average, well, he scored, sorry, 103 in the last JLT game. So yeah, that got me sh- pumped up. Yeah, and which is fine, but, you know, JLT form, it's always, just be a bit wary. But, yeah, look, I've said all along, I'm happy for him to kind of come into it this season and be peaking towards the end of it for next year. Look, yep. he might jump up earlier and, you know, a few guys really showed their wares as a second-year player last year, you know, your Taranto types. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can he can be that next level. It, obviously, all the all the pedigree says, yes, he's going to be a gun. It'll be yeah. interesting to see if it's this year. I, I still think Richmond's side is strong enough that he probably doesn't play as important a role as he would somewhere else like a Carlton. But yeah. that's the only thing holding him back. I don't think it's not talent at all. 
Uh, for me, I'm very interested to see how the Bashar, Huli, Jaden Short uh, combination works back there. So, you know, both fit and firing. Um, and what was confusing is, you know, first week they basically both tunned up in the JLT and then the second week they kind of both had about 50. So, um, for me, for putting my line on saying that, you know, Short's one of my super breakout chances this year and I think he's going to be an absolute gun defender. I just want to see how they're working this week. Yeah. I think if it all works out well, they could end up being that Laird Malera kind of combination where, you know, they both, you know, dominate one half back flank each and uh, both rack up points. So, yeah, yeah, just that bit hot and cold. I just want to see what actually happens in, in season proper. Yeah, with with the both of me, if, say they do impact each other this year, it doesn't really worry me too much just because Hooli's uh, probably on his last legs and then it's going to be Shaw's position to own afterwards. So I guess we've got to remember it is a keeper league, so it's not the end of the world if they don't uh, do too well. But it's going to be interesting to see how they can perform this year, especially because Short is someone that we kind of pegged to maybe take that next step and uh, have a bit of a breakout. I think uh, we're gonna have, they're going to have a bit of a fight over the kick-ins a little bit as well. I think Short's probably more likely to take them. I don't know Hopefully. about Hooli's kick-ins because he didn't play a lot of last year and I can't really remember what he does but yeah be interesting to see how they work together big time uh right here the collingwood geelong game who's catching your eye from the pies uh yeah so well i'm not sure if he's actually going to play but it's Braden sire and i'm looking forward to i guess seeing if he gets a game mm. um he didn't feature in the jlt and uh he played vfl last week i said he needs to make the most of taylor adams being out but i'm not sure if he actually gets him to do that by yeah. the time he does uh be out so but if he can actually get into the side um i'm hoping that he can cement himself a spot for the remainder of the season i think there was actually a bit of yeah an injury cloud but collingwood weren't really giving too much away so you know a few clubs don't really like you know like to keep their cards close to their chest when these sort of things happen so it's pretty hard to actually understand whether he um was injured or just not getting a game so i guess the thing i'm looking forward to is just seeing if he's named yeah i find it very weird that a guy who played what the last 12 odd games of the year including yeah. their grand final just all of a sudden isn't isn't best 22 yeah exactly and, and some of these other or best 26 in the jail I guess Beams maybe coming in does something but then if Adams is out then but yeah. they're playing a lot of other spuds over him you yeah know? true so maybe it's just JLT and they know what he's capable of it or he just needed a couple you know he was yeah. injured and they just needed to run in a lower level yeah um, but you're right if he doesn't play round one I probably wouldn't be too disheartened or worried yeah. because if there's probably something going on uh, behind the scenes and it won't be long before he makes his way into their side. Yeah. Um, the guy that oh, I just want to see what happens in real life footy is Josh Thomas. Yeah. So he's been the talk of the JLT uh, with 101 and 95. I just want to see if he can, you know, replicate this in the season proper. Is he playing the same role as he did in the JLT? Is yeah. he going to be everywhere like he was? I just want to see if that form stacks up. You know, there's a lot of times where, you know, you know people can be hot in the JLT and then they come into their normal roles and, and it diminishes. But, you know, if Sire's out and Adams is out, yeah. has, he almost, has he almost jumped Sire's spot into that midfield and, um, you know, they're filling that half-forward flank role with someone else? I, I don't know, but I'm very intrigued to see because he's one that, probably would have gone pretty low in a lot of drafts, especially if people were drafting pre-JLT mm. and could just really be a, an absolute find. Well, people see it, you know, remember him as the kind of forward, I guess, and kind of are scared of his output because he might be stuck up forward. But if you're genuinely outperforming your good midfielders, mm. then you're going to be playing in the midfield, yeah. I guess. So I guess we just have to, have to wait and see because, you know, again, it could just be JLT playing against, you know, witches hats or whatever out there. Wait and see. But he did look pretty classy. So I know I'm finding it hard to see where he sits, but I wouldn't be, surprised if he does smash it out of the park this year and at the end of the day you, you're taking him as a forward so yeah exactly you, know, you don't really he, have much to lose he, he might not be getting your 101s and 95s but he yeah. might get you an 80 every or you know most weeks and that's still super valuable for for you know f3 f4 which you probably would have drafted him yeah that's true uh who do you are uh, you keen for with the cats um well i'm more interested about another speculative situation but uh geelong rucks um i'm interested to see who they go with whether it be reese stanley solo or uh they use the big savaloy uh sav <laughs> asava radigalia um but yeah i guess we'll have to wait and see um a lot of people have invested in darcy fort too and i don't know from jrt i don't see him in the best 22 but i, I wouldn't be surprised if he does feature at some stage but yes yeah, it's a little bit concerning for me well yeah we obviously i obviously pegged him as uh, big things after good SANFL numbers last June. He's probably just proven me a bit uh, wrong. but Yeah, you can't go by state league form sometimes. Well, it obviously shows. But, you know, you're looking at Geelong's uh, injury list at the moment. Um, really, Zach Smith's the only one on there. So, uh, yeah. hopefully that means Ryan Abbott's not too far away who had an interrupted preseason <laughs> for me. But, you know, look, it's going to be interesting to see their mix. I, I'd be surprised off um, the form that Fort showed, at least um, fantasy-wise, that, 
they're not going in Stanley. Well, he out. barely played any minutes either, like yeah. in the second JLT anyway. So he didn't really have time to show form. And if they, Geelong actually started pulling blokes off the off the field, except a few like Selwood kept going and stuff like that. But that you could actually visibly see they were testing out blokes mm. and pulling blokes off the field, and he still didn't really get a run there. So yeah. I it, don't know. It might be good for Reece Stanley owners then. I think it know, might be. Yeah, big time. And he yep. was and he was really dominating yeah. games towards the end of last year, getting big scores. So yep. could be a bit of rinse and repeat there. Yeah, uh, I'm super excited to see Charlie Constable go about mm-hmm. it. He's uh, been hyped up for a couple of years. Uh, didn't play last year after a bit of preseason hype. Uh, had the 53 and the 90 in the preseason, and I just want to see how he operates in the Geelong side and hopefully in the Geelong midfield. Um, for a you know, if you're doing AFL fantasy, I think he's an absolute must-have in your in your team there as a cheapie. But you know, there'd be lots of people who um, you know would have taken him as a as a late pick in the in the drafts this year, and I reckon he could be one that just comes from nowhere and and really. Uh, becomes a, a keeper from for many years to come. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to uh, Constable. He's someone I've kind of got sitting on the bench on my actually fantasy um, uh, fantasy classic team because if he does get a game, I reckon he could score pretty well. So now if you're owning Charlie Constable, I'd be getting a, bit, a little bit excited because I reckon he's a good chance. Oh, yeah. Rightio, Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. The only game you'll be watching all weekend, no doubt, Hef. That is a lie. <laughs> I'll watch every bit of footy I can. I'm not the one uh, heading up to Renmark to play golf this weekend. So. Mate, got to win trophies. <laughs> got to win some bloody trophies. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll be at this game, um, actually. So You're going to Melbourne? Yeah, Melbourne on Saturday morning. To, I, I follow, Like I said, I follow Port around like a bad smell, so I'll Government be there. Government pay you too much money. <laughs> all right, uh, Michael Hibbert is the player I am looking forward to uh, seeing on the weekend um, I really want this guy to bounce back so I'm hoping he hasn't just been monstered like on Space Jam <laughs> where the little aliens just sucked all his talent that's a and, great uh, reference he's gone um, yeah but surely last year was just a down year you can't be that good leading up to it I know he had a year off with the uh, Essendon saga mm-hmm. but um, yeah, surely he can't be that bad he's got to catch up and you know start scoring well I don't know I'm, I'm really hoping because I've got him in my keeper league so yeah, yeah well you know if there's a couple of things that go on his way already you know like Melbourne's injury list is, is quite substantial you know even just losing a bit of um uh, depth you know james harms is out and mm-hmm. Stephen may and a couple others who are playing quite well you yeah know, last year kk is still not right so who might have been a chance to take his spot yeah so he probably gets opportunity from round one and yeah that's all you need sometimes you just need to play that first game and then you know do something good lock yourself in and, and back to normal i'm hoping for a, a renaissance if you will of michael hibbard and uh yeah he returns to his scoring scoring ways Scoring ways from yeah. a couple of years ago. <laughs> Good luck. I hope it doesn't happen. Um, nah, um, my bloke I'm actually really excited to watch is uh, Sam Wiedemann. Now, I just actually like watching him play footy. I love he's got a great leap. He's, it's just something about him I enjoy watching. I'm not really sure he's going to be super fantasy relevant this year because, you know, his JLT scores weren't too bad, 63 and 68, which is obviously nothing crazy. But I just want to know, with, with Jesse Hogan gone, who's actually quite a good scorer uh, for Melbourne, quite a good he's quite a good uh, fantasy scorer, can he kind of take some of that role? Will he play alongside T-Mac up there? Mm. Obviously, uh, Melbourne have a pretty solid defense, so it's going to be, you know, he's going to be up forward and be able to do a bit. I just want to see the mix and how it all goes. And potentially with Stevie May out this week, it just definitely yeah. locks him into getting the starting spot. And I'm just very interested to see how this all works because I reckon there's a, a big chance that both him and uh, Tommy McDonald can play, you know, that um, dual forward role. And, and it could be quite conducive for scoring because it's going to be in Melbourne's forward line a lot. Oh, hope not. But uh, he was someone that actually worried me um, a little bit with uh, May coming in, I guess. I know Hogan left, but then there was talk of Bruce Brucking and Gorn playing up forward that he, he might be the one that was pushed out. Quite often he gets to has to play kind of the key posts as well, like whether that mm-hmm. be in defence or forward. Um, so I thought that was going to hurt him. I think that might hurt him maybe a little bit with May out. He might have to be taking some of, uh, I guess, doing his role a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I guess if you can play forward and kind of go, um, go where like Hogan was playing last year, you know, who was a pretty serviceable scorer in fantasy. Yeah. He could be okay. Just, yeah, like I'm, I guess I'm speculative like you and just kind of going to wait to see this weekend to see what he does. I'm just excited to watch him. So, yeah. good. Radio, let me know. What do you want from Port? You want to watch all 22 players do well, <laughs> don't you? I don't know if that's possible in this day and age, not with uh, the current Port Adelaide side. But uh, I'm looking forward to see the debutants, really. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, Drew Dersmar and Butters. Rosie, not so much. I don't know if he's actually going to be that much of a fantasy scorer. Yeah. But I I think with those other three, so yeah, Drew, Dersmar and Butters, I think there could be some real fantasy scoring potential there. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I think Drew's the pick of the bunch for me. Yep. He's got some super numbers. Dersmar's been good. And the good thing about Drew is he's, what, 21? He's 
three or four years in the system. So he's going to have that bit more experienced body than uh, Dersmer and Butters. So might be a bit more uh, longevitable in the first season. The only thing I that concerns me is that he plays a very similar role to your Ollie Wines as your Tom Rockliffe's, your Brad Eberts. So mm-hmm. a lot of those more inside roles, I guess. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a permanent spot for there, but we have seen players, I guess, for Port Adelaide being played in different positions this year. So yeah. hopefully they do squeeze him in there. But yeah, Ollie Wines, when he comes back, is the main thing that concerns me. For me, Dersmer, I think, is the one who's got the, the spot cemented more losing Pittard last year, who's not much chop, Kays, as your fantasy team's called. Uh, but uh, he was in our best 22 at the end of the year. With Leanett gone, who was another halfback flanker, I guess, who was in the best 22, um, he's got, I think, a four- to six-week injury. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a real chance for him to cement himself there. And I think and Hartlett, I guess, is still out too. There's a real chance for him to uh, cement himself there. This is a beautiful segue into the guy I'm looking forward to watching is Dan Houston, Ooh, who yeah. just looks to be the prime mover now in the port back line. So, yep. you know, no Pittard, uh, no Hartlett this week, Broadbent's crook um and then burton and bonner have both had kind of very disappointing yeah. jlts so uh houston notched up a 102 and a 68 in the jlt had eight um 80 average uh, sorry 880 game 80 plus game scores including the ton and i think he looks the one that's ready to take it to that next level um and you know a lot better he, he's probably their their kick-in taking option really isn't he or he their prime mover from the back line um it's it's hard to tell because but prior to harlot getting injured harlot was kind of the main kick-in taker and then when he got injured uh houston took over so i but the, the thing is even if he's not i think he's a player that port want the the ball in his hands i guess yeah. because he is a good user by foot so whether that be from the kick out to further the ground kind of setting up plays I still think he's going to get a fair bit of the pill so I don't think we have to worry about it too much um, he just does go missing every now and then but that probably has more to do with uh, Port's uh, style of play and a lot of their players tend to go missing so um, I'm hoping there's a bit of uh, resurgence there and some sort of new game plan and something that Port fans can look forward to but uh, yeah we'll have to wait and see I'm pretty cynical these days I've been burnt too many times it's just like a broken <laughs> record here. A broken record. All right, let's move on to a different game so I can't talk about any more poor players. Rightio, from Hef's Good to Hef's Evil, the Crows <laughs> versus Hawthorne. We're going to talk about the Crows first. Who's catching your eye? Um, not so much from a fantasy perspective, but uh, Chase Jones I'd like to talk about. And I guess I'm looking forward to see if he gets a game this weekend. Sure um, will. Yeah, I think so now as well, especially with the seed gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't usually like small forwards, but uh, yeah, this kid impresses me and he can play up the ground a bit as well because he was, uh, I think he played a bit of wing yeah. uh, in his junior football. Um, but the thing that excites me is he's a great tackler, I guess. And I've spoken about this before, but I get really excited when I see plus fours and plus fives pop up on my uh, screen. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and he had good underage numbers too uh, in, in the uh, in, in the under-18 championship. So I think he uh, can be a good fantasy scorer. Yeah, nah, he looks a, he looks a player to me. And I think Seedsman's um, injury just yeah. paves the way for him to make his round one. The only debut. thing that kind of concerns me is his size, but he, so he might take a few years to develop, I guess. And he's not, I don't think he's super tall, um, which might peg him into that forward role yeah. a bit more. But what, yeah. What I love is like blokes like, I think Josh Jenkins come out today and said that he wants Jones playing, you know, on yeah, the yeah. weekend. So the, I think the, the players love him and the players think he's got some super talent. Yeah, so cool. I think he's uh, right up there for the Crows. All right. Speaking of blokes who are right up there for the Crows, I'm going out and saying this guy is going to be a top 10 backman by the end of the season. Ooh. Wayne Miller. I, I think, think he's got a, the good. I think that's a weak call, case. I reckon he's going to be better than that. What, you're going to say top five? I reckon you, could go to, I reckon you could go top five. I reckon that's a, that's a bolder call. Well, I think he's guaranteed top 10 <laughs> and borderline top five. He just looks so bloody good. Uh, 108 and 85 in the JLT. And, you know, that Crows back line is functioning perfectly with Laird, Smith all there. There's no one missing. They were all absolutely on fire. And the Crows look just uh, a new team again this year, kind of what back what they were a couple of years ago and they got done in the grand final. And I just think, Everything's stacking up for Miller to kind of take that next level. He's, uh, yeah, the Crows love the ball in his hands. He uses it perfectly and he just seems to keep racking it up. So he's one that, you know, might have slid down a couple drafts, but bloody hell, I'm excited about him. All three of them, uh, Miller, Laird and Smith, they really excite me, but I think one of them has to struggle. Smith. Yeah, well, someone's, or it could be just like every now and then one of them's going to have a down week. Potentially. Yeah, and it's going to hurt you there so I don't know like I, I think yes he's going to be a star no doubt but I don't think you could have say three of the best defenders in the top ten at all part of the Crows I don't know yeah 
There isn't a lot not. out. There's not Probably a lot not. out there though. There's slim pickings, so there it's is possible. Slim pickings, but you know, like if you look at uh, Miller's average, he was quite. He, he was thirty something last year. Yeah, yeah. From scores, so I think there's that massive scope. You know, him and Short are the guys I'm looking forward to to jump up the ranks considerably the and beat. Yeah, in yeah. in defender ranks. So, but yeah, he's a he's a beauty to watch. Yeah. Hef, oh. uh, I'm going to send tune out, everyone, for the next five minutes. I'll see you shortly. Uh, I want to bring up, yet again, the war pedo. Uh, I've invested so much in this kid. He is the future of my fantasy side. I'm thinking about making him captain round one because I don't think I'd make my team any worse. Um, I'm looking name forward- change? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Might have to be. I'm uh, looking forward to see if he gets that extra midfield time and how he holds up if he does get it. So I'm pretty sure he's going to get it. He's been, been playing there all JLT. Uh, Wingard's out, so he's not really coming and taking it. Um, Jimmy Morris, uh, Jimmy Cousins, sorry, not Morrison. Uh, Jimmy Cousins could come in and, uh, you know, take a little bit, but he plays a sort of a different role anyway, more inside. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's going to benefit from the extra time. I know, I'm just hoping he can average, you know, 80 this year. If he does that, I'll be happy. But, you know, it's probably wishful thinking, especially with, you know, there's always a sec chance of the second year blues. And his first year wasn't outstanding. It was just a good, you know, patch towards the end. So, mm. I don't know. There's a lot of people putting a lot of faith into him, getting him in their fantasy teams, all that sort of stuff. I guess a lot of people, aka you. Oh, well, I don't have him in my uh, fantasy classic team, but you know, I, I think he's going to be a player. But just this year, maybe we need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I don't you know. Can't, you've hyped <laughs> him up all preseason. You can't renege on something like that, mate. That's just absolutely no, garbage. He's, he's going to be a gun, but I just, I, I just don't know. I'm like, that's why I'm interested. I guess. You know, let's put this, uh, this uh, podcast segment is about it. Looking forward, I'm interested to see if we're going to get an indication this weekend. It would be a very good. I think this is a great game to see where Hawthorne's at. You yeah, know, in terms definitely. of their midfield. So James Cousins is the guy that I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, because he's had such a beast of a JLT with 81 and uh, 111. And Clarko came out and said that, um, uh, what's his name? Wingard, sorry, is is playing the 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 serial role this year. So, yeah. you know, that means everyone was talking potential midfield, midfield minutes yeah. for, for Wingard. Now he's not there. Cousins has slotted into that midfield beautifully while, yeah. you know, he's not been there. And uh, Jager didn't play that first JLT game. Jaeger comes in. He both they both score together. I think it's going to be O'Meara, Cousins, and Warpedo really dominating that midfield for Hawthorne. And I think uh, Crows are a good team, so it's going to be. Yeah. This will be what we're expecting, I reckon, this year. While there's no Titch, I think I've got Hawthorne pegged to drop out of the uh, out of the. They fight, might. They season. might drop out of the eight. That's not yeah. my concern. It's how their midfield operates and what yeah, yeah, kind definitely. of what kind of scores these three guys are getting. I was I was just making conversation, Kaz. I'm sorry. Oh well. We'll <laughs> Crows will make top eight. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. there we go. Cool. Good segue. Yeah. Well, if you want another prediction, I'll tell you that the Dogs aren't making the top eight this year and they're the next game we're going to have a look at. Okay. Bulldogs versus Sydney. Who's catching your eye from the Dogs this week? Well, the guy I'm looking forward to seeing is Bailey Smith. Now, he's been talked up all pre-season. Uh, it didn't really set the uh, world on fire in any of the JLT matches. Um, a lot of people invested in him early too, so he went uh, first round in our draft. Silly. And, uh, no, I don't think it is the, the silliest idea, especially if you you're uh, thinking about Walsh and actually we've been sent a lot of drafts this week from our listeners and cheers for that they're actually um, they're really good fun to have a look at we don't have the time to actually respond to all of them because there has been a lot but um, yeah I've noticed that Bailey Smith has gone uh, pretty high in most of those as well um, he was a really good underage scorer we've talked about you know his tack cup numbers were interesting but they're only from two games so yep. can we take much out of that if he played a full season then his average might have tapered a bit I'm not sure but um, yeah I'm not sure Kaz what do you think do you reckon he's going to go alright or well, do you reckon he's going to take a while to get into it or well he's been guaranteed a game he's been told that he's playing this week so yep. that's a good start for your premonition a lot of rookies starting this week yeah it's exciting obviously it's the super draft so yeah. you know you've got to get these guys a game um, look for me I've always been happy to let Bally Smith go in drafts because there's too much unknown coming from the under 18 stuff for me personally. you've always been happy I've always been happy to let him go <laughs> look um, look, he could be amazing and there's no doubt about that. But, you know, we've got to be very, very, very um, gracious in giving these guys a bit of time to develop and, you know, get used to it. I, I think Smith might be the one that comes in and out the side a bit this year because the dogs do have quite a pretty good midfield and, you know, half forward line, half back line. That's not really their weakness. So I think um, I'll be definitely interested to watch him play because he does look quite flashy and quite exciting. But uh, I'm happy to kind of just let him have this year and we'll reassess at the end of the year. Yeah. 
Um, my player from the dogs, um, one who's another another newbie. Not sure if he'll start, but if he does, I'm very interested to see if his role changes in the season proper. It's it's Will Hayes. He scored 59 and 38 in the JLT. And what I want to see is that kind of average, um, the average numbers he knocked up in the VFL last year. He was averaging 100. So, you know, you talk about uh, your Gibbons and Buleys and co. Like he was up there in terms of um, VFL averages. So, he played that small forward role a lot in the JLT and I just want to know if that's his role going forward. If it is, I'm not too excited. But if he does um, get a role where he can be a bit piggy, he might actually be one that just all of a sudden jumps up and can be that handy, mature age recruit who can score your, you know, your 70s, 80s. I, that may be a bit hard. I still yeah. want to see a few games and I want to see it season proper. But he's one on monitor, especially uh, early on because he might be one that just uh, just sneaks up and can produce the good score. Well, he could be pegged in for the Dow House role, I guess, who we saw. It probably tapered off a bit last year, but uh, Dow House in previous years has kind of run through the middle a little bit more and been a really solid scorer. Yeah. So I think they're kind of, uh, I guess, preempting that they were going to lose him for a while and trying to pick up someone in his replacement. So well, yeah. yeah, they got to cut and Cavaras in that, yeah, that side too. So there's probably a couple of guys going for that same role. Yeah, yeah, true. Just see who gets it. But I, I'm just interested because he had actually good VFL numbers behind yeah, him last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, Sydney, who's tickling your fancy? I had a couple that I wanted to talk about. I'm just going to mention one guy before I've kind of picked the main guy I'm going to talk about. But uh, I really like the look of Alira Lear last mm. week. Um, and especially with the Sydney Ruck situation, I guess, as well. So He's a good interceptor defender, I guess. He's like lightning fast and, you know, he can really move the ball off halfback, which is something like a lot of teams are going to have to use this yeah, year, I think, with gun. the rule changes. But then as well, he sometimes can – well, we've, he's shown he can move into the ruck the, uh, the moment as well. So, if he can kind of get that boost as well, he might be a super scorer. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's not the main guy I want to talk about. I want to talk about another hoofer. I don't like talking about guys that aren't in my team case. It's so actually this whole show, Doc, <laughs> is you talking about your team. I've picked a few that aren't, but, uh, yeah, no. Nah. Um, well, I'm excited to see them, Case. Uh, <laughs> like so, a proud father. <laughs> exactly. Watching his little ducklings go into the world. <laughs> All right, Jordan Dawson is the guy I'm going to talk about. So, disclaimer before I start, so I don't know why I'm talking about him. He probably isn't I'm best 22. I'm excited to see this guy is not playing on the weekend. Everyone tune in. <laughs> He's probably not best 22, but I'm looking forward to see if he does get picked. Um, but, yeah, he played both JLT games. So, I'm hoping that, you know, I know Sydney didn't put out a super strong team in the first week, but they were a little bit stronger in the second week. A um, lot of injuries across the Sydney side as well. So, I oh know he played both JLT games, scored in the 70s each time. Mm-hmm. So, what I, what I do like about it is he has played... Played AFL, I guess, a few games last season, but he didn't get anywhere near really the 70s, I don't think, maybe close a couple of times. But uh, it's kind of showing that he's kind of building up with the pace of the game and trying to get there. Um, so I guess the big thing about him is his NEFL numbers are just massive. So I think it was 130 average for the last three years in NEFL. Again, again, it's NEFL, we know, we know. But, uh, you know, sometimes those scorers in the NEFL do translate back to AFL. So I'm hoping if he does get a game, he might just show something this year. Who are Sydney playing in the NEFL this week? I have no idea, Kaz. Well, you might be keep heading north from Melbourne and just go and watch Jordan <laughs> play in the twos on the weekend. Just becoming part of the Jordan Dawson fan club and just follow him around. You and his mum will have a good time, I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Ryan Clark is the guy I want to talk about. I am all in. I've been all in. For most of pre-season and I was quite happy. Finally knocked up that ton in the last JLT game with 108. And look, I think a lot of coaches are in the same boat with me. They uh, either kept him or took him early-ish because he's got a lot of potential. He's, he's a proven 100 scorer. It was just how he's going to fit into the Sydney side. It looks like he's actually got the proper midfield role there. And I think that I'm going to call it, he could be the pickup of the year. Okay. Another big call. I'm going hot. Mate, why not? It's round one. I'm excited. You know, this is what it's about. But I think Clark's got the 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 sorry the tools to do the job. It's just what his, what his role is at Sydney. And I yep. think he kind of found that niche in the last JLT game. Yeah. And if he can kind of put together a good month, I reckon it could be it could be some uh, happy times for his owners. For me, yeah, it depends entirely on role. And I just kind of, I know we saw a good fantasy score in the last round of G, uh, JLT. Um, it was against Gold Coast, wasn't it? Yeah. No, yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, so I know, I guess that's probably, I, I guess, a downer on, I guess, to see him scoring. With the JLT, it's kind of funny because like in previous years, I know last year we didn't, but before that, we had three games to have a look at them. So it kind of confirmed mm. a few things for us. Mm. Where this year, we're still left guessing after two games a bit. You so. need that one more, don't you? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty interesting. I guess the good fantasy uh, researchers will be rewarded. Well, yeah. Well, at least my guy will be playing AFL. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a positive. Uh, Brisbane West Coast is the next game, Hef. It would be another 
you know, guy you've been banging on about, no doubt, with someone from your team? Is that no, what we're talking about? No, not from my team this time. Ah. Uh, Eli Smith is the guy I want to talk about. Bit of a man crush for you. Well, he was, but I didn't get the chance to draft him. So now he's, uh, you know, he's gone, he's off the radar. Oh, so. Bad luck. Why are we talking about him? Well, I just want to see him play, really. Um, around draft time, he looked pretty awesome, just the way he could kind of just run through blokes in the TAC Cup and in the under-18s. Um, and yeah, so he, he wasn't... He didn't play a game that was super fantasy friendly, but the thing is, he accumulated a lot of the pill. So I think in one of his uh, in one of his under eighteen championship games, he had I think thirty possessions, but a lot of them were handballs. Mm. Uh, about twenty five of them were handballs. It's not good. But he have. still turned up. So or got very close. I think it was ninety eight. But he still got very close. So I don't know because he's such an accumulator, and I know he doesn't use it by foot a lot. But if you know he does turn it around and does start kicking a little bit more, he's that chance to actually get a d- be a decent fantasy scorer. But yeah, he looks like an absolute beast. So I hope he gets a game. Well, if he's a handballer, I'm happy to let him go through the keeper. Yeah, okay. There's a few of them in the comps that are good scorers still, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Few and far between, but yeah. it'll be. Int- I'm a, I would like to see him play. I want to see uh, a few of these young Lion Cubs go at it. And one of the guys I'm very excited to see after a pretty solid JLT is Zach Bailey. Now, I had him pegged out uh, earlier on in the in the preseason as a bit of a 2020 uh, project player, but I think he's kind of got the goods this year that he could kind of show a bit in 2019, which is uh, very exciting for anyone who owns him. He's kind of locked his spot into the into the Brisbane best 22, and hopefully he can kind of uh, mid-season if if Brisbane are still you know not making finals, really nudge out Luke Hodge to cement a halfback flank spot down and you know make it his own. Uh, what do you have? 70 and 78 in the JLT, which is probably a bit further oh, sorry a bit more than I had him pegged for yeah so I reckon uh, he's potentially progressing a bit quicker than I thought yeah and I reckon he's uh he's one that could be a real gun he's someone whose numbers actually stood out for me a lot earlier in the preseason I kind of forgot about him but uh yeah in the JLT he's um he's really stood out so mm. yeah no I'm looking forward to see what he can do if he gets picked and the Eagles who do you like well I was gonna um toss up between a couple I was I wasn't t- sure about talking about Petrocelli or uh Francis Watson so both of those uh kids played in JLT one and two uh respectively and uh yeah they both look pretty good in their side but I thought I settled on Francis Watson just because I think he looks like to be the better of the fantasy scorers out of the two mm-hmm. um so yeah he looked really good in the week one of JLT he plays um he plays a, a good style of football that's conducive to fantasy scoring I think he's that athletic type halfback flanker role speedy he uses the ball well by foot. Um, so I guess if he gets a game, he could be someone to look out for. But I don't know. 12 months ago, we were saying West Coast were awful and these kind of kids were going to be playing each week. Now I don't see how these kind of kids get a game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I guess I'm talking about many guys that aren't best 22, but I'm looking forward to see if they get picked. So You're going to yeah. be doing the rounds. Well, these aren't guys aren't all in my Melbourne, team. Melbourne, <laughs> all the way up to Brisbane, then across to Perth to watch, you know, East Perth. Just because I'm talking about them on this podcast doesn't mean I'm fanboying them all. It sounds like it to me. I just, we'll just really, I'm just really excited because footy's almost back, case. Fanboy hef. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a guy who's definitely best 22 and was the absolute standout performer of the JLT series. It's Dom Sheed. But I just want to know if he's the real deal. You know, like he had 123 and 136 in the JLT and he could have been a big bargain in a lot of drafts. Like there might have been a chance that he slipped through the pools and wasn't kept or um, went quite late in a, in a startup keeper league. I just want to see if he's got the if he's got the cojones to score big in the AFL season proper because yeah. he was kind of hyped up, you know, 12, 18 months ago and he was not, you know, he was in and out the West Coast side, was he best 22, ended up, you know, basically winning a grand final for him. So, everyone bloody loves Dom Sheed, yeah. but you got to love him if he's putting out, you know, 120s each week. Yeah. Will it happen? I'm not sure, but I would love to see him just pick it up. Yeah, I was in a meeting this afternoon and uh, we were bored, so we were checking out our fantasy teams, uh, <laughs> our fantasy uh, our fantasy classic teams. We noticed that Dom Sheed was actually a decent mid-price option in uh, fantasy classic if you're uh, that way inclined, but we don't really talk about that format in this podcast. But uh, I think he, going on that, the reasoning behind that, I think he can actually score big this year. He's the yeah. kind of bloke who could boost his average up, you know, 10, 20 points per game from last season. Um, so I guess, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I guess with Gaff coming back, that role, I don't know if it's going to be as safe or as if, yeah, you know, he's going to get as much of the pill. But yeah, you know, I, I rate him and I think we all rate him, like Kay said, after the grand final. So I'm excited to see what he can do this season. Rightio, two teams who definitely won't be in the grand final this year or probably in many years, for many years to come at St Kilda and Gold Coast. Hef, 
Anyone catching your eye for the Saints? Yeah, um, Hunter Clark. So, quite often this guy has been likened to uh, Scott Pendlebury. I'm yet to see it, but, uh, you know, it's a good name to have associated with you as a, as a second-year player, I think. Um, yep. We should see him develop a little bit more with Robertson now out. Um, unfortunately, sadly, we're not celebrating that in any way. But, uh, you know, now that he's out, he should actually have a bit of a role mm-hmm. on the uh, on the half-bait line. So, he was really solid in the uh, JLT, um, both matches. I guess he had 69 and 74, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so decent scorers for a, for a backman, especially one that's... Uh, I'm so young, I guess. Yeah. Um, plays Gold Coast round uh, first up. So I'm hoping that just gives him a good chance to kind of set the tone for a season. Mm. I think sometimes these kids just need to get off to a good start and they're kind of settled. If they're kind of fighting, got their backs against the wall for a spot or something for the main of the season, it can really affect them. Yeah. So hoping that the, the Gold Coast experiment or, go, sorry, Gold Coast uh, game um, straight up can uh, get, him, uh, get him off to the best foot. That made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Get him off on the best foot. <laughs> That's the one. Anyway, I'm I'm actually really keen on Hunter Clark this year too. He he looked good in the JLT, and I think yeah, with that uh, Robert and injury, he's got scope to basically. Uh, progressed quicker a year quicker than he probably was beforehand um, which me- leads me on nicely to the guy who I think is just going to really take his game to the next level uh, this year it's Shane Savage Savage now, he is the main beneficiary I think with Robertson out now obviously Savage's in, um, average went up quite a bit last year because he was the main man out of defence for, for St Kilda and he put up an 86 and a 99 in the JLT and that was with Robertson in the side. Yep. So I'm just super excited about what he can do. He's probably going to be the key and taker now. He's the main kick and taker especially. And I just think he, he was a bargain in a, in a couple drafts that we were in and uh, – sorry, I was in and he just looks like a, a genuine bloke who can, you know, push – mid-80s as a defender this year just because of role and opportunity in the Saints side. Yeah, I don't expect him to be in too many draft, well, to be in too many draft pools uh, this year. So, um, But yeah, again, I think he's definitely one that's going to see a huge bump this season. So, mm. Especially with the change of the rules, like, you know, a 90-plus score is not out of the question for this guy, I don't think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he was very angry in the JLT, so yeah, he, he's ready to go for He's never seemed happy, really, and he's always got that, like, mad haircut. Yeah, I don't know. He seems a bit crazy. Maybe his barber never listens to him. He <laughs> keeps getting it. done haircuts. <laughs> uh, the Gold Coast, is there anyone, anyone who you're looking forward to watching at the Gold Coast? Uh, not really, but I thought I'd better pick someone to talk about. Um, so, I guess um, Jack Lacocious is someone I'm kind of just interested Jack to Lacocious. see. Jack Lacocious. Yeah. The undraftable wonder. He went undrafted in both our leagues. Yeah. But uh, um, well, I'm hoping he proves us wrong, Case. Um, yeah, I've actually got that in my notes. He went undrafted in both yeah. our keeper leagues. So another, I'm picking some real rippers to talk about today. I'm trying to make it more- G'day obs- and welcome to the <laughs> Neeful podcast with Hef and Case. <laughs> I love, fucking love Neeful players. I'm trying to be obscure, Case. I'm not trying to rehash I understand the players that. You we talk about each week. You at least someone who might average more than 20 this season. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking most keeper leagues are guys who are actually going to play and be any decent already picked up and people who know about them. Anyway, um, I'm Hoping Jack Lacocious proves us wrong, basically, Case. He's an athletic type, um, and he could turn out to be Buddy Franklin. He's been liking to him all preseason draft. And, you know, Buddy's not a shit fantasy scorer at all. He's not. Yeah, but it's a big it's big shoes to fill. Um, not going to pump out a ton straight away or anything like that, but I just hope he shows us something, something to show us that he might be a good scorer one day. Anything, he won't case. score a ton in two games. He won't, he won't score a ton this season. No, probably. he won't score a ton. Uh, <laughs> a combined ton in two games. Oh, I He's undrafted yeah. for a reason. He's a first-year skinny key forward. Yeah. Yes, there's a reason. People said, oh, there was one Twitter comment, oh, I can't believe Lukosius went undrafted. There's a reason he doesn't get drafted because he's not going to score and he's not going to be in anyone's keepers at the end of the year just on maybe one good game of 60 or 70. Did you watch him on the weekend, case? No. Okay. Well, he looked like he got. He, I think he scored in the 60, 64. But he can. He's a type of player that can work up the ground. We need to. His foot skills are immaculate. So if he's not a key forward, like you know the monster key forward per se, he still could be that handy player who plays on half forward flank, get you sixties, your seventies. Yeah, that's great. But he's not going to be a keeper for anyone. <laughs> he might be in the deeper leagues potentially, but only on name. I reckon he's definitely a keeper in the deeper leagues. You're the guy who says I don't draft key forwards and yeah, because he's going to play on a flank. Righto, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, we've had a good preseason and Hef's already ta- obviously tapering down. Not He's coming into, you know, the proper season. Yeah, the hard form. work's over for us. We can really put our feet up now. He's literally got his feet up. So <laughs> uh, Benny Ainsworth, get it back on track, a bloke who's a gun and will be best 22. We're going to have a proper look at him uh, finally in his third year and it's going to be the breakout year because that's what happens when you play third year of footy. 
Suck on that, Selby. And 56 <laughs> and 74 to his name in the JLT. So, I think it's time for him and Jack Bosen Co. to take it to the next level. They're the, they've got to be looking to these guys. And I think Ainsworth has that look that he's just got something about him. The 74 he scored was at a pretty good clip. I think it would have, you know, equivalent to be over a ton if he played most of the game. And I think... Coming in, you know, you were saying that uh, it's good that Hunter Clark gets to play against the Gold Coast first up. I think it's great that, you know, your Ainsworths, Ainsworths, your Bows, etc. get to play against St Kilda on the same, on the flip side because, you know, they need a bit of confidence. St Kilda aren't going to be great. And I think that Ainsworth particularly could be quite something. I like how you're sucking it to uh, Selby before this guy's even played his third year and could actually just prove you wrong, uh, prove you wrong again. Look, I'm, I'll be wrong. Look, I probably made three big calls. I don't even, yeah, sorry, Selby, I don't even really know. I don't know you, but um, I just said that to, to get in Hef's head because, you know, he's you know, making actual oh. fam- famous fantasy people get, you know, make me feel like a horrible person. You're so inside my head, mate. I'm, I'm really concerned right now. Let's move on to GWS I I versus inside my own head. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start this one off. Oh, I am excited to see the old man, Brett Delidio. He looks fit and fine in the JLT. He hit some seriously crazy points per minute. Uh, he got scored 71 at 1.45 points a minute and 77 at 1.02 points a minute. He just would have been a draft bargain in a lot of legs. Hardly anyone would have kept him. Uh, Startup keeper legs, he would have gone super late just because of his age. But the guy is going to be a game winner if he's fit. Yeah. Like last year when he only played maybe eight games, 10 games, he had 136 and 116 in a couple of them. Yeah. He's just a match winner. And just it's good to see him back uh, fully fit running around, just a genuine gun. I think he could be a real, real match winner this year. Yeah, I think so too. I'm pretty excited. I'm not excited by the fact that anyone's injured or anything like that, but the fact that Callum Ward's out, plops him straight in the middle, and we could see some big scores from him straight away. Yeah, look out. Hef, who do you like from the Giants? Well, I was going to talk about two players, and that was uh, Coldwell and Haightley, but Coldwell's uh, injured as of today and will be out for two to three weeks. So, mm. we'll just talk about Haightley, I guess. Yep. So, with Dylan Shul, um being um, traded to uh, Essendon, Callum Ward out injured, I guess there's room for him to play. Um, he looked really good in the JLT series, um, and I guess I've read articles recently saying he's really in the frame to make his debut round one. We'll find out uh, in a couple of days' time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, with Lids coming back, I'm not sure if that kind of, you know, stops the bit of the gap that's left there from uh, from Shield. Mm. But I think there's room for both of them now that there's two injuries in their midfield. Yep. Um, and, yeah, when Caldwell is fit, I reckon he will come into the side at some stage though as well. And I think they do have, um, I guess, both a lot have something to contribute to GWS's side. And I'm hoping it's from a fantasy perspective too. Mm. Um, yeah, they're definitely going to be fantasy guns. I've said it before. I'm not expecting too much from this year. But, you know, we're talking keeper legs and they're going to be keepers for many, many years. Caldwell does concern me just because his underage numbers were very, very poor. Um, they were, yeah, really, really low. But he did go in the first round, I'm pretty sure, late first round. So, um, yeah, I'm not super – I'm not. I'm a little bit worried about Caldwell, and that's why I was kind of hoping to see him. But I guess that first JLT game where he scored 80-odd from mm-hmm. not very many minutes yep. was quite exciting. But Haightley is one that really excites me. He's going to be a fantasy jet. Yeah, his underage numbers and SNFL numbers the are roof. pretty good. Yep. Zach Clark. Okay. He's come from nowhere – you know, one to be drafted by the Dons and yeah. then probably be playing round one because I think with Danaher out, he now plays. Yep. Um, and he dominated that first game with 112 points, but we just got to remember that there was no Tom Bell Chambers in that game and he didn't play the second game when Belcho came back. But obviously Danaher was still around then. Um, just with Danaher out, he probably is the, I would say the natural guy to come in as the, you know, semi-forward second ruck potentially Sean McKernan can play that fine too like yep. it's going to be interesting but I think if he plays especially against uh, GWS who really only have Dawson Simpson rucking for him yeah. uh, this week it would be a great little tester for him to see if he's back at it at AFL at, like level he never was a massive you know gun scorer when he was back at Fremantle and, and that but it's just going to be interesting to see you know what he's learnt in the you know year or two he had off the AFL and you know what he can do. I, I yeah. just want to see him play and I just want to see him how he fits in the Don side. I still can't believe he's back on an AFL list. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Serious waffle form and you know I love the waffle, so it's good to see him back. You're going there on Sunday, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, to watch. All my players yeah, playing the waffle. Exactly. So. Yeah, no, it's good to see him in the side. Uh, I think Clark and Belt Chambers will affect each other. I don't think we're going to see huge scores from both of them if they're in the same side. I think Belcho will definitely outscore Clark. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm just I just want to see what Clark can do on if. 
if he fits into that Essendon mix, especially while Danaher's out. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm going to talk about Jordan Ridley just quickly. Um, yeah, he really impressed during the JLT. Yeah, he was. Um, do we think that mid- uh, midfield rotation can continue though, Case? Uh, probably not. But yeah. I, I hope he plays round one and yeah. I hope he knocks out someone like David Myers who's, you know, slow and just all he can do is kick long. But Ridley's got talent. Uh, he's got he's, a bit of pace. He's, he's got something about him and I, I want him playing as a Dons fan. Yeah, he's someone I don't really know a lot about, but can he play on that halfback flank, that kind of role? He's good. He's that He's that medium size. He can basically play, you know, the halfback to mid to yeah. half forward. He's that he's perfect size for so that. So, maybe if not part of the midfield rotation, we could see him feature a bit more in Essendon's best 22 He this could season. be a super utility player, yeah, yeah. you know, especially while he's finding his feet and the Dons do have quite a decent uh, on-ball grade. Well, I'm, I'm thinking with someone like McGrath maybe going into the midfield, there might be mm-hmm. something else on the field for him to play just to kind of get his foot in the door and then build from there. He is one, yeah, I think he's just one that you want to wait and see and watch what happens yeah. uh, come the weekend. Yep. Rightio, Fremantle and North Melbourne, the last game of the week. In the traditional Sand Groper time slot of 4.10 SA time. You better catch that game and the waffle. Shut up. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm laughing. Oh, All right. <laughs> so, Nathan Wilson. Hey, he's best 22. Well done, half. Yeah, I finally got one. I'm disappointed he's not playing Waffen. Ah, shut up. All right. He needs to <laughs> do that <laughs> He needs to do something. He does. I think. Uh, hoping kickouts can save him. Um, absolute last chance in fantasy for me. I've owned him for the last three years. Each year I'm saying, oh, you know, he's moved away from GW. Like GWS, he showed signs. He's moved away from GWS. You know, first year in a new club, he's definitely going to play a new role that's fantasy friendly. Yep. Oh, no. No, he hasn't done that. Next year, the kickouts are going to save him. Last chance, Nathan. I'm sick of looking at you, my side. Kickouts surely have to help him, and and you know, with um, I know he, everyone's pegged Blakely to take that midfield time, but you yeah. know, it's, he was playing half bank last year. You know, does it just mean Wilson's more of the man back there? I don't know. I, th- I, th- I can just see Luke Ryan taking all the kick-ins and Nathan Wilson being the same. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, I think he's still a very serviceable player. It's yeah. just what what he does and what you need from your D4, D5, really. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. He's enough to just throw a line out there and see what you can get from him. But, uh, like, I kept him this year because I had slim picking. So, yeah, I'm just absolute last chance. Show me something, Nathan Wilson. Fair enough. You've been warned. Uh, the Rock Lobster needs to show a few uh, coaches something. Rory Lobb actually delivered in the JLT, had 97 and 70. And now, after Jesse Hogan's... Um, mental health it. break. He uh, basically needs to play a massive role for the Dockers. Yeah. I'm still sceptical because every year I see him going doing big things and he just gets in your, your mid-60s. Um, but I guess he's going to be relied on a lot more at uh, Fremantle. And, yeah. you know, they've paid big dollars for him. So, I guess he's going to actually have to repay the faith at some stage. Well, Darcy's kind of still on the verge of becoming a good ruckman. So, yeah. he's going to be important, especially, you know, this week with no Hogan and um, a lot of other injuries to, you know, Tabernar, etc. So Yeah. See, I was excited when I, when I think... Uh, Darcy did a bit of a carp, tweaked a calf mm-hmm. earlier in the preseason. Yeah. And then uh, Sandy's obviously Sandy and ancient and gone. Um, Never plays football. I thought he might just be full-time ruck at Fremantle and just feeding it down the throats of Fife and it could actually look all right. But, uh, yeah, I think he's probably going to go back into forward now and I just don't mm-hmm. see where he gets away from that 60, mid-60 average scoring. He couldn't do it in a side that was able to deliver the ball to him well each week. Yeah. Um, at Fremantle with a, might be leaving less time in the forward line. Definitely one to watch and just monitor. Yeah. Hef, your last player. Yeah, Bailey Scott, I reckon he's going to get picked. Um, there was an article out on the AFL website basically saying he's picked himself this weekend, so he should get a game. Um, had a great JLT series, scores of 62 and 84, uh, good points per minute numbers too. Um, North have a lot of ins, so he mm. might not if – he, if he doesn't get picked this weekend, it might take him a little while to get into the side, but that said, everyone's kind of saying he is going to play this weekend. Yep. We'll find out soon. Um, but I reckon he's definitely going to get a crack at some stage if he doesn't ha- end up in the side this week. He should get a crack at some stage this, this year. I think they're going to have to play their strongest team. Yeah, they're saying um, he's the steal of the draft, apparently. So, well, yeah. well, speaking of guys who are not sure where they're fitting in, a guy who really dominated at times last year is Trent Dumont. He really had a good back end of the year and he can actually really, really pick it up. But I'm just not sure what North's best midfield mix is at the moment. Like yeah. he scored 92 at 1.21 points a minute in uh, game one. Well, that's when Hall was out injured for most of that game. Then Hall comes back and Froggy scores 52 at 0.51 points per minute. So, you know, your hot and cold is super evident there. But if you think about their midfield, you've got Hall, Tyson, Jamont, Ahern, Higgins, Polek, Zebel at times. You know, who who's in where, you know, and who's playing what role. So, yeah. 
Hall, you know, Hall, Tyson, Dumont, they're probably all fighting for a bit of the same time there. And it's just going to be interesting to see who's the top dog. Well, what I really like about Dumont is his trajectory is well and truly on the up. It's yeah. rising rapidly. Yeah. Whereas we look at a lot of those players mentioned, a lot of the players that have been brought in, they're kind of on the decline. So especially people like Hall, Tyson is kind of Hall's stagnating. Tyson's still yeah. fairly young. But then Higgins, who's getting older a bit, Zebul plays forward now, so we can't but he does have a yeah. bit of a run in there every now and then. Yeah. So I think if North was smart, they'd be investing in people like Dumont and mm. Ahern and guys like that as like their core midfielders. Definitely. So I think they're gonna get every opportunity he's proven he can score i just can't see him being that bad i think he's gonna be good i don't know if he'll be bad and i'm not pegging that at all i'm just concerned about who gets you know the share of the well i reckon he's gonna overtake a lot of those guys in there yeah and he very well could i'm just interested to see how it all plays out all right let's wrap that segment up and we'll move on to the patreon reads so we have a little group called uh the keeper league patreon uh subscribers and i guess what it is is uh Basically, crowd support for our podcast. Um, and if you're enjoying the work we do, um, you can choose to support us financially. In return, we guys we give you guys a whole heap of, uh, I guess, premium resources and hard-to-get stats and things like that. And the, the thing we're really proud of bringing out this week is our projections. So each week we are going to be projecting, um, I guess, players' scores. But we also just give you a spot where you can look at uh, scores versus um, upcoming opposition, scores at venue, what UF are thinking, they're, uh, your ultimate footy are thinking they're going to score um, what their last five average was what their current average is and all that sort of stuff and then we just kind of give you a figure at the end so to kind of think where about we go but I guess the exciting part is you get to see all those numbers in one spot and not having to click around other websites and trying to find those stats um, Pep's yeah. really challenging his inner Stephen Hawking and just <laughs> pulling numbers from everywhere I have, not, up. I have not left my computer for the last three weeks so I'm looking forward to seeing my family at some stage maybe when I get back from uh, Western Australia this weekend case correct <laughs> alright but uh, yeah as a, as a thank you to those who do subscribe we always read their names out on the podcast so uh yeah a few people that have backed us this week uh blokes by the name of thomas lackman heath Raphael weidenfeld or weidenfeld i'm not sure how german you want to pronounce that one uh dimitri kalakanakis uh brody and matt payne so to those guys and all of our patreon subscribers uh cheers for supporting us and uh yeah cheers for supporting the keep lead podcast Okay, let's move on to our listener tweets. So, who's our first question from this week, Case? Rightio, our first question is from DJ Quinlan75. His question is, should we be concerned with the unsighted Braden Sire and Jordan Cunico? No injury and no JLT. Absolutely, we should be concerned. I think uh, we talked about this earlier, but I think uh, Sire was, um, has actually been injured, but Collingwood have kept it under wraps. I'm not sure why, um, but um, hopefully he's playing round one. Cunico is more of a worry, I think. Uh, mm. Someone we talked about a lot in the off-season, more so because his early career numbers are better than other people's early career numbers. Yep. Not that his fantasy scoring was that fantastic. But uh, yeah, he seems to fall out of favour. Um, and there's a few Geelong kids coming through that might have uh, overtaken him. Constable, so. Clark, yeah. you know, all these guys. So I think he'll still feature at some stage, but uh, yeah, he's definitely a bit of a worry. Agree. Um, you know, it's going to be nervous wait until Thursday night teams, some of these guys. Yep. If you've got them in your keeper leg though, you know, there's there's no point trying to get rid of them because yeah. they've still got some value. Uh, if you trade them away now, you've got no value because, oh, yeah. you know, there's no potential. But and you'd be hold, kicking yourself in two years' time if, if they, they don't start being up. good. Yeah. Exactly. So, wait five or six weeks. Wait until the season gets into the swing. There's some injuries around. Reassess from there. Yeah, definitely. The next question from at Kennel Keepers. Uh, Perryman or Wilson at D5? And which two from Aaron Hall, Andrew Brayshaw or Jared Berry would you play? Well, if I had the choice to play anyone over Wilson, I'd take it. So, Perryman. But uh, he actually was pretty impressive uh, uh, in the last uh, week of the JLT. Yeah. So I'd be happy to give him a chance and I'm sick of Wilson, as you already know. Um, the other one, I'd probably pick Hall and uh, Brayshaw, I think, um, just because I guess Hall is I guess, a bit more of a proven scorer and I think Brayshaw is going to get more of the opportunity playing second fiddle to Fife. Barry's got a few other midfielders kind of ahead of him, but will be a good scorer, I think, as well. Um, yeah, tough one. I would be... It's a tough one between Perryman and Wilson for me too because you know what you're kind of going to get with Wilson, whereas Perryman is yeah. still a very much an unknown. Yeah. Could be anything. Uh, but they're playing the Dons, so it's still not an easy game for Perryman first up. Should um, be. 
<laughs> but uh, from Hall, Brayshaw, Berry. Uh, Brayshaw for me, and I'm leaning Berry over Hall. Um, just because I think Berry is a serious mover of the footy. I think he's a gun. Yeah. Um, Hall, I'd like to see a couple of weeks at uh, North Melbourne before I just really get too excited about him. Yeah, I have no qualms with that. Uh, that's good thinking. At Dan K 101 I have some tough choices on who to start out of these guys. First is Ryan Burton or Nathan Wilson in defence. And in my forward line, should I start Membry, Ben Ainsworth or Jaden Stevenson? Um, well, our projections on uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au or on our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash keeperleaguepod, have uh, Burton outscoring Wilson this week, only just, and that has uh, Jaden Stephenson the best out of those three forwards. Hmm. I don't know how you could start Burton this week. Yeah. After his after his JLT form. Yeah. I, I don't know. As, and you know, like if Wilson is getting some kick-ins, even if Luke Ryan's taking half of them, Burton might take him, Houston. Those two are probably the two worst blokes you'd have to pick from, I reckon. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? It is a really tough one. Um, Wilson for me. But uh, out of those forwards, you probably got to go Stephenson. He's has been under a slight injury crowd injury cloud, which could uh, be a little issue. Yeah. If not, I'd be going Ben Wilson over uh, sorry, Ben Ainsworth over Tim Membry though. So yeah. uh, Ainsworth by nose for me. Okay. Rightio, next question at TWR412. Who will score more total points in 2019, Will Brody or Adam Chera? I think Chera will score more total. Um, mm-hmm. He's best 22, whereas I don't know where Will Brody sits. Yeah. Um, I think Will Brody has the potential to average more than Chera, though. Agreed. Again, yeah, not sure where uh, he's If at, you're though. going into who's going to play round one, Chera I feel like this is a bet. Coming on here. <laughs> I think, no, sorry. I think these two people are betting or he's betting with someone. I'm Team Chera. Yeah, so I'm Team Chera <laughs> too. So, yeah. And if you could discuss the following, that would be great. So, pick four from Salem, Crozier, Weller, Rich, Duggan and Burton. Um, and his current starting four are the first four, which is Salem, Crozier, Weller and Rich. Yep. And also pick two from Tom Phillips, Rocky, Jared Lyons and Jared Pollock. He's currently playing Phillips and Rocky. So, with the defenders, um, I think you got the first four correct. And then yep. there's an absolute toss up for that last spot. I don't know who to pick out of uh, Duggan and Burton. What do you think, Case? Uh, oh, yes. I. He's only picking four. So, you're right. So, he needs oh, to cool. worry, doesn't have to worry about it. Sorry, but yeah, I it was Rich over... Well, Duggan's been pretty impressive in this JLT, just doing nothing really wrong. Like, he's been pretty consistent, whereas you just don't know what you're going to get with Daniel Rich or Lockie Weller for that reason. But I think week one, you got to back in those four, back, yep. in, those, back in your gut there. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'd be taking um, Phillips and Lyons. Yeah, um, I think... For the from the projections from memory, I think uh, Polek and Philip um, are our highest projected. But we saw a sniff of what Rocky could do, and could he be back to his best after JLT two? As a pig owner, I hope he is. But I've just been super impressed by Tom Phillips just to keep knocking out big numbers in a good Collingwood side. Yeah, and Lyons has not done a thing wrong at Brisbane. He's knocked out two hundreds in the JLT, and that's what he does. Like he he just does it consistently. Yeah, Rocky could end up scoring you one hundred and sixty this weekend and winning you a game, but he yeah. could also you know go back to his last year and, and get that 75 so if you're going just on gut you know Phillips is um, proven at Collingwood and Lyons has really proven himself two times already at Brisbane and is consistent Yeah. whereas Rocky and Polek you get potentially higher ceilings but you just have a bit more risk I really don't know this is a really tough one um, I guess yeah so Lyons is also a gun scorer uh, Rocky I'd go Rocky and Polek Rocky because of that ceiling and Polek because I think he's going to stand up as North's like marquee recruit. He kind of has to, I think. So, but just, I'd love to see this guy's midfielder. This is the dilemmas he's having. Yeah, I'm wondering who I'm going to play, well, where I'm going to find my last midfielder to actually play and not score me a donut. So, geez, I'm a bit uh, jealous it's no here. surprise that have picked two <laughs> Port or former Port players. Hey, Kays, what's this thing here? I know this is not the best visual medium, but what's this? Uh, your laptop. No, it's a Premiership Cup there, mate. Uh, read it and weep, and I don't see your name on it. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on. Just inscribe <laughs> it this year. Uh, last question, Mr. Oliphant. Adelaide. I drafted Bolter and Caldwell in the later rounds of a keeper league draft. Will they get enough run uh, and are worth keeping or stashing, or should I search the wire for better value? 
Um, yeah, and when our cold was injured, I guess that affects things a little bit, but not much because it is a keeper league and we're looking forward yeah. to the future. Um, but I think Caldwell should be a good get. Um, I reckon he will get some game time this year, but he plays a little bit more inside and I'm not sure if his numbers will ever be huge. I've already talked about that his um, underage numbers were really poor, but I guess in that JLT1, he had uh, 81 points at 1.11 points per minute. Um, and then the second game, he only had 28 points, but it was only from 51 minutes. So um, I guess we'll have to wait and see with um, how that trend is going to continue and whether he is inconsistent or he just needs to build into the game. Yeah. There's been super hype about Bolter and I'm still not convinced. Yeah. Uh, Caldwell, I'd like to see. If you're playing a keeper leg and you've got the waivers open, don't trade away so, or don't delist someone that you've picked up in the draft willy-nilly. Unless yeah. some, unless you've completely missed some absolute gun who's sitting there in the pool, just back yourself in. You've drafted these players for a reason. If in it, Even if it is late, you know, if, um, I don't know, Jordan Gallucci or someone who's still on the waiver wire plays for the Crows and has 120. Don't don't jump to him straight away over a Caldwell or Bolter if you were keen on them. You know, back yourself in for a couple of weeks. Bolter know? for me, I just don't see where he's going to get points ever from like with Jack Rewalt and uh, and uh, Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch in the side. Yeah. Like it's going to be a while before he pushes those two out. Um, it's a hard one, but you know they reckon he's performing. They're going to play him as the third tall. So I don't know how that it'll work really out. Scream points though. No, nah, it doesn't really. Just. Just hold your fire um, yeah. and wait and see a few weeks, I think. Coldwell, I think, is fine. Bolter might be a bit, uh, yeah, a bit of a tough one, but definitely hold on for a while, for a while and see how he goes. Yep. Right, yeah, Hef, that wraps it up for this week. It's a uh, couple of sleeps until Christmas time. Yeah, well, by the time this uh, comes out, it'll be one more sleep. So get excited, people. I guess we better do a few plugs. So follow us on the socials at Keeper League Pod and check out our website, www.keeperleaguepod.com.au. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash keeperleaguepod. And uh, we didn't get any uh, iTunes reviews last week, Kayser. It made me a little bit sad. Oh, come on, guys. Support yeah. the boys. Please. <laughs> what have we got coming up for our Patreon subscribers, though, and, and, and our pods coming up All right, uh, heading so, into the season? So, I guess what we're going to be doing is, uh, well, for... For the, for the main pod we're going to be having a look at uh, we're going to do a few trade reviews mm-hmm. we're going to do a few weekly projections we're going to do some you know, round recaps and round previews and things like that we'll keep the uh, listener questions going but uh, yeah there's been a little bit of a discussion as to how we're going to keep this relevant as uh, pre-season is generally our jam but uh, we'll find some Keeper League content throughout the season don't you worry and uh, for patrons I guess we'll keep the um, we'll keep the projections coming week in week out and give you kind of all the upcoming stats for each player but then we'll also be keeping an eye on our state league scores all their fantasy scores and have them in one kind of central hub for you to check up on your fringe players and things like that then throughout the year we'll look at drafty player drafted players and things like that so coming in and from the under 18 championships and all that so yeah still plenty to offer on the keeper league pod so uh yeah stick with us and i hope you enjoy the season thanks guys and uh yeah good luck bring on the footy yeah good luck everyone hope your team smashes out at least uh post 1700 scores <laughs> and uh yeah you guys will be dominating you don't have a shit team like that ah see you later <laughs>